love, love. What is it? What is it? <laughs> Look here, we had to start the show with that. When I heard that cute little Lexi talking to her daddy about love, and he's like, girl, you got to believe in love. And she's like, love, love. Where is it? I was just like, in vogue, that's the song <laughs> we're starting the show with. <laughs> yes, God. What's up, everybody? I switched up the intro. Let me go back to what I always do. This is who? This is Jay, a.k.a. who? Brother Soap. With who? The Rainy. To my sexy robe, Stuart. Where are we? On the 55th episode of the British Soap Podcast. What up, my wifey? <laughs> Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. You know, my little chest hair is feeling all good. It's got some fresh air as I'm standing in the middle of the East End of the street waiting for my brother to marry a whack thug. Life is good. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> how are you feeling? Are you looking forward to, you know, the replay of the surrogacy storyline this time with Tiff being played by Bernie and Keegan being played by Molly? No. <laughs> Especially after it's only been a couple months since the first time. But so. I mean, you don't think it's the heartbreak is going to be less severe because, you know, Bernie's doing it for money when she just takes our baby? <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I honestly think what's going to happen is she's going to have another miscarriage. She isn't going to carry it full term. God, I don't want that. But, you know, that's just my opinion. But if she does go through with it, I have this really weird feeling she's going to go and do, I'm going to do a, you know, a liberty there. Oh, I'm going to surrogate your baby, but uh, she's mine. So off we go. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, heartbreak's in store for us. But, you know, hey, it's just another day in Walford, right? <laughs> Truth, 100%. Goodness gracious. Well, welcome, everybody. So, listen, we're doing something a little bit different today, and we're going to probably be doing that going forward for a while. Uh, we are doing an episode focused on a single soap. Uh, that soap is EastEnders. Uh, in order for us to be able to bring you more content regularly, we are probably going to focus on a single soap every week, uh, spend our weekends catching up on what we missed during the week, and then coming to you all, you know, at the end of a week, two weeks, three weeks, depending on the soap, uh, to give our thoughts on that particular soap. So uh, today we're doing EastEnders. We'll likely be doing the same for Hollyoaks and Emmerdale. Of course, we are, uh, Coronation Street is banned from our show until Ian McLeod is gone. And uh, Hobie City, we are going to be talking about on every show, but we're going to save that till yeah. after the credits for those of you who do not <laughs> listen to that show. So be sure to stay tuned past the credits for some Hobie City uh, talk after Yes. And yet I have been worried for some time because I know we covered a bunch of soaps and I know that not everybody watches one soap or another. So when I'm labeling the shows, I'm going to make sure to just label the show, whichever soap we're talking about. And then that'll be a quick way for people to kind of just focus on the listening to the shows that they want to uh, listen to. So it'll be EastEnders spelled without some vowels. <laughs> if it's an EastEnders show, same for Hollyoaks when it's Hollyoaks, same for Emmerdale uh, when it's Emmerdale. So you guys can come through, see 
we're talking about, listen to all of them if you want to, listen to some of them if you want to, whatever you want to do. <laughs> so there is that. Um, also, there is a new change for the show. Um, every time we record, we are going to have a Spotify exclusive episode. So after we recorded the last show, which I host on a site called um, Anchor, I saw when I logged in that Anchor got purchased by Spotify, which was now letting us add music to the show. But there is a catch. Any episode that we upload that has music on it is going to be exclusive to Spotify. You can only play it on Spotify. So if you got the premium version of Spotify, you'll be able to hear the whole song. If you have a free version of Spotify, you'll be able to hear 30 seconds of a song. So what I'm going to do is every episode, uh, there'll be two. There will be a regular episode and there will be a Spotify exclusive episode. Y'all can go and play there. And basically all I'm going to do is put music at the start of the episode so y'all can hear a little bit of something, something before you get into the show. So those of you who don't have Spotify, y'all don't have a whole bunch you got to try to find to get to the song. So <laughs> if you're interested. Yeah, and, and a good portion of the time it's going to be something, you know, based on what we saw the week of or, you know, the three weeks before. Exactly. Whatever the case may be, like today's. Exactly. And like last week, so after we recorded the last show, I know I spent a bunch of time doing a Lil Nas X's uh, song. Uh, call me when you phone and call me when you need. I call me in the morning, I'll be on the way. But so, of course, I had to put that <laughs> for the first song for last week. So y'all have probably already heard that if y'all on this Internet, because we Internet people and we know all the Internet stuff. But if you ain't, yeah, if you want to hear it again, so y'all can help him pay for that lawsuit because Nike coming after his ass. Go to <laughs> Pretty Soap Podcast on Spotify and you can play the Spotify exclusive over there. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> there is that and you know but we're gonna have to do another one where we do some sour candy because we had that show from back in the day maybe i'll just re-upload that episode and then put sour candy at the beginning and put sour candy in front of it yeah. or maybe we'll do that for later like later on this year because i know last year i think i told you spotify said sour candy was my most played song at the end of the year so maybe like next december we'll do another sour candy something of uh, to, to honor that beautiful time <laughs> yeah it's been a year since i played sour candy all the time and this time we're <laughs> going to get you to sing the full song right no <laughs> gotta get me drunk first Jay. gotta get me drunk first if you have a question about the british soaps or there was something we did not talk about that you would have liked us to have discussed, head over to britishsoapodcast.tumblr.com to shoot us an ask or hit us up on the Twitterations at UK Soap Podcast. We're going to jump right into this thing and do some What the Hells with EastEnders. Start us off, baby girl. What did EastEnders do to make you say, What in the hell? <laughs> Oh, I think you know exactly what I'm going to say, because we watched it together, and we were both like, what the hell is this? He saves him from the train tracks, and then Dre just shows up, pushes him right into him again, and as the train is coming, and I'm just like, ah. And that wasn't even a phantom Tucker train, either. That was a flat out, you hear the train coming, and I'm going to save you, and... Then you're going to kill me? Yeah, no. 
It's like at least we know he's going to the, at least we know where he got or that he got trapped somewhere else. Because I mean, like that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know if EastEnders was trying to make a statement about not being a hero, but ooh, they they had no love for Kush, you know. Absolutely not. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna save the I'm gonna save a dude, even though you know. <laughs> I highly dislike him, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, no love for good. She's been the hero too many times and he's got kicked in the face every time for it. So it was just like, I'm glad that I'm, I'm not glad that he's dead, but I'm glad he's off the show because they've done that way too many times with him and I was getting kind of sick of it. <laughs> yeah, that death was not what I expected. Um, for those of you who didn't clock, you know, uh, Lance was talking about a uh, similar death on uh, Hollyoaks. Uh, Brendan Brady got into it with my dearly departed Walker. They were having a little Walker, fight. Walker, that's his name. <laughs> they were having a little fight on the train tracks after just going at it for months and months and months. And they were fighting on the train tracks. It seemed like abandoned train tracks, and they were just punching each other because we're men, we punch, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> And then the next thing you know, like it's they're fighting each other on a train track. You just hear push, oof, uh, 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 right? And then the next thing you know, now it's totally silent. They were just fighting each other. And they were having one of the moments where they're just, just like <sighs> old men tired, you know, fighting each other, right? And then the next thing you know, Brendan pushes Walker out of nowhere. There is this train. Like Brendan pushes Walker. A train comes out of nowhere, and then you hear a horn like a second before Walker is smashed to death. There was no warning. This train track went off for miles, right? There was no sound of the train approaching. There was no horn way 30 seconds before when I know the conductor must have seen these fools fighting on the train track. There was nothing. It was like crickets, totally silent, calm, serene. Then it was like, come on. Really? Y'all gonna kill Walker with a ghost train? <laughs> like, what? It's, it was so stupid. It was so stupid. So I, I got wind that that was part of how Kush was gonna die. So I just expected, you know, he was gonna be on a platform and then Gray would push him over and then that'd be the end of it. But no, we almost see Brett Gray get his ass killed and the electric, you know, tracks. It's like something, and, it's something, it's something that could have made us both happy yes. and, and several ways, it's informed. Yes. But. <laughs> the murderer kills Kush to yell at Whitney and scare her again. Like, oh, good. I don't know yeah. why they're just dragging this gray stuff out. But I want him gone because he's trash and he keeps killing people. I like I like the Chantal girl enough. I love Tina. I love Kush. This motherfucker gonna kill Mick Carter next. I ain't got time for this. <laughs> he gotta go. <laughs> he gotta go. This is trash. Yeah. No, so, I get yeah. it. 100%. I'm just like, dude, no more. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I have a live grade down as one of my what the hell. So, yeah, I... He should be dead. Kush should be alive. I'm glad we're getting him on Hobie City, but yeah, that was some yeah. And then I'll say one part I also didn't like about that. The way the show set it up, they had both Ben 
and Kat say something to Gray about how he needed to do something to help protect them before Kush spilled the beans on what happened to, uh, you know, what happened with that heist. So I feel like the show was kind of like letting Gray use them as an excuse to justify the murder he committed, which is more trash. So I was like, yeah, I ain't here for this. I'm not here for it. <laughs> not at all. Yes. Nope. What else you got for you? What the hell? I liked Mila as a character, but I hated her storyline as a whole, and I really hate her punk-ass mom. I just don't understand it. Because the way she was acting, like, I thought she was in witness protection. Like, you know, the, the that's way what she... I initially, that's what I initially thought, too. Because, like, with the pictures and stuff, it's like, yeah. I don't want my family to find me. I'm like... Why not? And then she explained everything, and I'm like, ah, (laughs) I was thinking a couple things. First, I thought she was in witness protection, and she, like, had this gangster family. So I thought EastEnders was going to circle back and bring the sister who played, like, the grandma to uh, Denise's child, who had been getting into it with Phil. Oh, yeah. I thought that was going to be maybe her mom or something like that. And then I thought maybe they were going to go back in the archives and pull out Claudette because, you know, she was a gangster as well. So I thought, okay, well, maybe we're going to see a return of Claudette and she's homophobic and she doesn't like this chick, right? And then I started thinking, well, maybe the girl is trans and she didn't want her picture posted because she's trans or she didn't want her family to know but instead of all that we get her reliving ICRA storyline pretty it's much just, it's pretty much an exact duplicate of, it's like I mean, can you guys think of anything new we already had this story <laughs> like what happened okay we're gonna have somebody trying to bring her drag her in the car and get her to be beheaded like they tried to do with Rickra. I'm like what? What are, we, what are we doing? I don't, mm-mm. And then I didn't like that scene. So, you know, the mom comes through, and, you know, I'm thinking she's going to be this scary lady. She just seems like a nice church sister. Like, she didn't even seem mean. She just seemed, like, boring. <laughs> and, and and you've got this, the situation where you've got this homophobic black woman. You know, that's the stereotype. All black people are homophobic, apparently. And then you've got Kathy, <laughs> the loving white woman, you know, talking with this you know pitiful black lady about being a, a a mom to a gay child and then i didn't like kind of how the, the the sister came at her like well you can't understand motherhood because you are white i'm just like oh jesus christ like this is, I'm no, like, this is stupid how do you know? <laughs> exactly it was stupid it was stupid like you know there are effective ways to use race and so and i feel like easterners is doing that in a number of stories in the show but yeah, that whole thing, you know, oh, black people are all homophobic, oh, the church, oh, I was just like, this story is not, lent. stop it. So I hope when Mila closed the door on her mother, we closed the door to that story. Because that the way that story is going just oh, seems to be you, you know trash. damn well, you know damn well that's not going to happen. I mean, come on, a cop is going to need to harass Keegan again. He's working on a stall now and cush his spot. You can't have a black man doing it. Let's go back to that story. <laughs> I mean, like, they have the other one, too, with Isaac and his craziness, but, I mean, like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, I have a 99.9% certainty that we will see that woman again, and she will bring the dude that she is supposed to marry, 
and he is going to be a big part of the show coming up here pretty quick. And I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. I haven't read anything like I normally do. I, I was behind. I'm just, you know, speculating. And you know how good my speculation is when I don't read stuff. So well, I have a 99% certainty that I'm going to hate it if that comes back. So I hope it does. Oh, yeah. Me too. me too. 100%. Because like I said, I, I absolutely love the character of Mila. I Agreed. liked her when she first, I liked her when she first popped on and uh, challenged, uh, challenged, uh, uh yeah, Kim at the bar there with how she makes her drinks and stuff. But, uh, you know, after you learned exactly what was going on and everything, I'm just like, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just yeah. like her when she's with Ikra and she's on her own. Once you bring her family and stuff in, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree. And what else you got for your Eastenders with the hills, Mama? There was this amazing scene, which I'm just going to say is one of my scenes of the week now, the day after Kush died, where Whitney goes and tells Gray to get the fuck out of her house, and you killed him, and she's screaming at him and doing all this stuff. And then she goes into knife-wielding mode, and I'm like, oh, no, mm -hmm. what the hell's going to happen here? And then there's Grace standing in her front, flipping way, and she's like, and she's like, get out of my way! I'm gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go do what I wanted to do. I'm gonna go kill Ben Mitchell for, for killing my family, or for killing my Kush. And he's like, if you're gonna do that, you're gonna have to put a knife through me. And I bet you, you know how that feels, right? And I'm like, fuck you. I was rooting on. I was like, do it, girl. <laughs> Please do. I was like, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have been against it. And she's like, come on, let me, let me come in and we'll talk things through. And she just does her puppy dog annoying face because you know she has a thing for Gray, and but she keeps, you know, doing stuff against his wishes like Chantel did, but you know, never got beaten up or anything. Was just told to give his, give her keys up and go because I'm done with you. And you just sit and see him do a sad little mopey puppy eye cry thing at the end. I'm just like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst part is until like Christmas time, those two are just going to keep getting together in some way or another. Whether it be her being all grieviness and him trying to, you know, make her feel better even though he's mad at her or he's going to go to her to try to stop her from doing something stupid again, like run Cat over with his car, or, you know, <laughs> it's just like, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm over, I'm over, I am seriously over Whitney, and I understand that, you know, she is the worst taste. She has probably the worst taste in men on the show, let's be fair, except for maybe Sharon, but, uh, <laughs> But she needs to go. She needs to go get some therapy, come back a well-made woman, and uh, pretend that every man in her life that she's had doesn't exist because she is a hot man. <laughs> yeah, if this great Whitney thing drags on till Christmas, I'm going to be annoyed because I'm, I'm just I'm over it. It's time for him to go. I don't want to see it dragged out. I just want everyone yeah, to find yeah, it. Yeah, it's like my, my, my biggest thing, though, is 
he didn't use gloves in like any of his killings and somehow he's gotten away with every single one. It's like, do your cops have no forensic scientists at all to like look into this shit? Well, I mean, he pushed Chantel onto the knife. He strangled. He strangled Tina with her necklace and left it for, you know, uh, uh, Shirley to find. And you know, uh, he just flat out pushed Kush. So I'm like, is there like literally no forensic evidence on any of these bodies at all? <laughs> and then, and then you realize in the end that they were all made to look like accidents, so they probably didn't even look into it. I mean, baby girl, half the cops are wasting time trying to get Callum to flip on uh, Phil. So, that's of course, that, 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 <laughs> they don't have time true. for real I mean, work. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it. But at the same time, it's just like there's got to be, or uh, I'm waiting for him to get so angry he tries to kill Whitney and someone walks in on him. I think that's what's going to happen. He gets so angry that he tries to kill Whitney. What if it's Dexter that walks in and that's how the new version of the show starts off? Oh, Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> Pre-season pre six, Dexter. <laughs> yes. All right, let's switch it up. I'm going to get into my what the hells. Let's start with Homeless Bailey. I'm not here for it. I don't like it. I, I think it's trash. Mm -mm. Uh, and I thought it was mm -hmm. trash that we were, first of all, Near the anniversary of Bailey's mom dying. What does EastEnders mm -hmm. give us? Bailey's dog dying. Okay, are we trying to make a suicidal 10-year-old? What is this? And then we follow up Bailey being sad over her mom dying. Bailey being sad over her dog dying. Bailey being sad over the replacement dog that she got belonging to someone else. With Bailey having to hear her dad... And her, you know, stepmom, basically, you know, going crazy about money. I'll pause here to say, all the time that, you know, Mitch and Karen have struggled with finances, do they not qualify for unemployment? Are they not on benefits? Like, this whole, I'm broke and don't know how to deal storyline is just coming out of what? nowhere to me. Because even if the story she actually, is... She actually called, or, or she actually said during a conversation with Mitch, that she, or with uh, Bernie, that she tried getting in touch with them. And because the boys were moved out with their dad and all the kids were gone, that she didn't qualify for it. And that applies to Mitch as well? Like, it's just yeah. stupid, baby. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. There has to be some kind of benefit somebody could get on. You know, you and I had to go through that with furlough and stuff. I ain't got no kids. Mm -hmm. I got unemployment. So if I could get unemployment with no goddamn kids, like, there has to be some. Like, it just felt like Easterners were doing the most. They wanted to get, get okay, people struggle. We know. We're in COVID. People are getting fired. Bitch, people got unemployment. What the fuck? What are we doing? And so now they're like acting so insanely over the top over having no money, which after 
how many years have y'all been living with no goddamn money? Y'all should be able to know how to qualify for whatever, how to get whatever, how to get one little job or whatever. It's COVID. Ain't nobody trying to work in a restaurant. I know goddamn well this restaurant's hiring. Every other goddamn restaurant here is hiring because they can't get enough people to work because of COVID. But these motherfuckers act like they can't get a job in fucking London. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so all that it's foolishness. Like you live, you live in an area where saying, there's so many jobs. Come open. on, all that foolishness to emotionally scar a child who now is running the streets, having people steal her bag and say, "Give me your little five dollars for whatever." I mean. I'm done with this storyline. It needs to be done. So yeah, a homeless bill. I can't. I'm over. And now, and now, and now, Amy is trying to keep her away too because they just want to make them more angry so that uh, when you come back, they'll get all sad. I'm just like, dude, no. I feel stop. like EastEnders is starting <laughs> off by like crafting a, a new Whitney, like a new version of Whitney. Like Bailey is going to be the new Whitney. Let's just throw every negative thing at her. And I don't want we, one Whitney is enough. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, like, no. we have one. We we already have one of those. We don't need a second. Thank you. You know what else there's one of that's enough? Stacy. We don't need a second Stacy. Oh. We don't need Isaac to be a second Stacy getting off his medications so he can win a British Soap Award for East Enders. We don't need it. This mess with Isaac using stories about Paul and... People thought he was a criminal, but he was a good boy. To people think I'm schizophrenic, to maybe I'm not schizophrenic, so I'm just going to throw my pills away. No. We know it's going to come. You know, either that brother going to be mm -hmm. acting crazy, some police going to shoot his ass dead, and then we're going to have to deal with all that on EastEnders. Or he's just yeah. going to act like a nut job, and then, uh, you know, I don't know. They, I don't know what the EastEnders are going to do with him. But they're going to use him to try to win the Stacy Award for off the meds, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, foolishness. And, uh, I don't want to see it. 100%. I don't want to see it. Yeah, 100%. I just know yeah, we've done this. Jean won an award. Stacy got her award. And y'all can give Isaac something different to do. Come on, put him in that black storyline. Him and Keegan can be profiled together. Come on now. <laughs> do something different. <laughs> Although they won't him... do something different. No, uh, I mean like that probably make him realize the error of his ways within the next, you know, six months or so. <laughs> I mean look, they could have Matched up Isaac with Lucas, made Lucas Isaac's mentor, and before he, Lucas's what the hell of an exit kind of had Lucas's teachings in Isaac's head, so Isaac could have been a Luke, new Lucas. Wouldn't that be more interesting than I'm schizophrenic, telling everybody I'm schizophrenic? Now I'm be off meds. Okay, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but. No, we get, I'm off my meds. Great. <laughs> yes. Um, I guess I'll keep it on my black folks since I'm doing a mostly black what the hell because all my black folks are driving me crazy. Chelsea's trash. Her ass covering yep. shit was trash. Lucas's yep. exit was trash. Like, I was loving Lucas. I was loving Lucas. He was clocking Chelsea shit, rubbing everybody the wrong way, helping Denise see her daughter was a mess, and even, you know, kind of working against Chelsea to try to get her out of her damn situation. And I thought, I thought 
he was going to get her off my screen. You know, he'd agreed to take them damn drugs through customs, whatever the hell. And he'd switched out suitcases or something. And then uh, Chelsea, it looked like she was going to end up caught with the drugs. But then Lucas takes the fall for his trash-ass daughter. I thought that was so ridiculous. Like, it taught no yep. lessons. Chelsea was selfish. She's trying to break up Denise and Jack. She's, you know, treating Denise like crap, treating Lucas like crap, using them because she got in with some shady dudes over some drug shit, but is acting like she's got the moral high ground when fighting with her mom and her dad. Like, I hated everything about it. And then, how's the storyline end? Lucas, who was actually the good guy for once, about to get his ass beat in his cell because he took the file for his trash daughter. I mean, there was no redemption on her part. Like, she was nice for, like, a half a day. And, like, she's smiling into the camera, and then Lucas or Denise walks away, and then she's mean mugging again. I'm just like, why? Send her away. Is she going to be, can she be raised next victim, please? Because, I mean, why? Let's give Denise a reason to cry and win a BSA. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. How did you feel about all that? I mean, like, I'm, I, meh. I, I, I never, or I, I mean, like, I never liked Chelsea to start with. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, even, even back when she was on before, I didn't like her. So it was just like, yeah, no, don't care. And when I saw what she was doing, I'm like, yeah, no, don't care. And I was like, oh, hey, Lucas is actually being a, you know, cool dude for once. Rock on. Because uh, cause I didn't particularly initially care about that storyline either until, you know, he was on for a little bit longer. He, you know, started, you know, worming his way in with, you know, the nice, the niceness factor and stuff. Because, you know, he was being a good guy and, you know, helping out with stuff and, and getting everything situated and everything. And it's just like, oh, hey, awesome. You know, he's being a cool guy. Nope, we're done here. <laughs> and then he's gone. I'm just like, uh, come on. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't watching the news, so I didn't know how long he was going to be on, but he was doing so good on the show. Um, and I just was like, this is the exit. So, yeah. I don't know. I hope he still comes back on, you know. I'm not sure if he didn't want to stay on long-term by COVID or whatever. But now that we know Janine's back, I was already starting to fantasize about a Lucas yeah. and Janine team up. But, you know, no. Uh, yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't really care about that. I'm just glad Janine's coming back. Yeah. But, yeah. So I'm still what the hell in it, Chelsea, because I think she's trash and she needs to to go. <laughs> um, yep, I agree. It's yeah. like I wouldn't be against them bringing Libby back. <clears throat> she had her baby. She can come back, right? No, no, we need her <laughs> on uh, Hobie Cheese City. Thank you. Hobie City. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yes, we need her there. I got a couple more, and then I will wrap up my what the hell's. Um, let's start here. Um, Lola who was bothered by Jay and Honey's little uh, fling, because you remember she was all mad and was like, y'all need to tell granddad I'm going to do it and all that. Well, after all that, Eastern just wrote a line for her where she was like, oh, I'm not bothered by Jay and Honey. I was like, what? I mean, for you, weeks. You were before. <laughs> yes, I'm like, I you were before. I'm like, a week ago, uh, you are a liar. She was on them. <laughs> and then it comes out, and then she's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, D -d -d Okay, so why are we doing this? <laughs> Wait, it's just... Yeah, it's like, what are we doing this shit now for? Oh, Stop it. 
I will never accept this Jay and Honey thing. It's just it's just a waste of time. It's stupid. It makes no sense. I do kind of like now that, you know, Billy's got somebody, you know, sniffing after him, although she seems like she's a bit of a mess. But uh, this is this this it's Jay like, and Honey thing. I don't think I don't think she's on anymore. The the lady that that was snipping him out, I don't think she's on anymore. Yeah, that's okay. I already told you I want him back with uh Karen anyway. But I mean, this is just ridiculous. This whole breakup I don't I never like Billy with Honey, so I don't care that they're not together. But Jay with Honey is idiotic and it spits in the face of the relationship he's had with uh, Billy all these years. So I think it's just absolute trash. Mm-hmm. Um, and it needs to go. I, I just I can't. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot, I can't I, I agree. I'm I'm not for it either. So I'm one hundred percent behind you on that front. Something else I was not behind. This whole Key Rat Vinny thing where Key Rat was blaming Vinny for uh, his own nonsense. Like, you know, Vinny's trying to be a part of this stupid thug family, which neither Vinny or Key Rat being part of it makes sense because their mom yeah, sent their brother I'm, I'm down. Not pr- I'm, they're, they're, they're not. They don't, they don't fit. I don't think any of that family fits the uh, punk <laughs> it's weird sort of look. So, so it's just like let's have Kirat, who looks like the most serious human being in the world, and you know the one that I actually liked from the start, who I'm really beginning to hate now because they're turning him into a little punk. Um, yeah, no, I still like Kirat though, because mm-hmm. I'm going opp- I'm going opposite now because I hated Kirat when he first came on, and I'm actually liking his character now. And I loved Vinny when he came on, and I'm really beginning to hate his gut. So I mean, I still like them both. I mean, I'm always going to like Kirat because he was one of the first ones to get a new Ben's face and threaten to beat his ass, and Ben was acting scared. Now, all of a sudden, Kirat and Ben are like tenuous best friends. I'm just like, what? And, you yeah. know, Kirat's making dumb decisions with regards to the thuggery in this business. Uh, you know, it was a thing where uh, his mom told uh, them not to pursue this business deal, but Kirat did uh, anyway. And Vinny kind of got caught up in the situation, and then he ends up going to uh, Callum to kind of help get them out of hot water. And Kirat is looking at uh, Vinny like Vinny made the stupidest decision when Vinny's decision and Callum's influence helped to save their asses. And so Kirat yeah. is, you know, yelling at Vinny like he's a dummy. I'm like, fool, Kirat, had you not agreed to this damn deal, which your mother told you was a stupid idea, you wouldn't be in the situation in the first place. So won't you turn your attention back to Sheridan and stop being in your brother face, acting like he doing something wrong? I was like, no, bro. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yes. And real quick, uh, Key Rat and Sharon and everything, I'm here for it. More of that, less yeah, of him being a thug. I shit that shit 100%. Yep. <laughs> no strings attached, loving. So you know Sharon needs some loving in her life, and now Key Rat's going to give it to her, and Ian ain't going to be able to compete. I love it. <laughs> yep. I, 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 I'm, all for, I'm all for that, because she was like, I don't want any strings, and they're like, yeah, no problem. Mm. And those two are cute together, and they got some sparks. I, I agree. I'm, I'm all for the. <laughs> I'm all for the. It, age doesn't mean anything. Age is. Age is just a number. And because <laughs> this is on my mind, I'm gonna go old school on y'all with that. 
Age ain't nothing but a number, for now it ain't nothing but a thing. This loving I have for you, it'll never change. That's some first album, Aaliyah. We can't touch that because it's R. Kelly producing, but that was the song. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the day, yes. Okay, last of my 3,000 what the hells. This fake outrage over Callum being a double agent. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, my God. First of all, first of all, first of all, this whole story started when Callum got into the police force, whatever, whatever, and Phil was like, okay, bro, this is what we going to do. You going to work for me and you going to work for them pigs. And what you going to do is you going to make sure we know what we need to know so we stay out of trouble with the pigs, all right? Callum like, okay, I can love your son, I guess. And then, you know, Callum is working with that asshole cop. And he's like, you are going to work for me and you're going to get me info on Phil Mitchell. Okay. We, like, I don't know why anyone's acting surprised like he was a double agent. Like, the, the thing that was stupid to me in this story, since Phil set it up to where Callum was going to kind of work for him, I thought the logical thing would be for Callum to just tell Phil, hey, this shady cop is trying to get me to get information on y'all. Help me figure out how I could play his ass so we keep y'all safe. But they've been doing like this weird thing where like Callum's acting conflicted about getting the, like being on the Mitchell side. And I don't understand it because I'm like, I mean, he loves Phil. I mean, he loves Ben. He wants to respect his father and all, I'm sure. So I'm like, why are we acting like, like it's such a burden to like not you know, protect the Mitchells from the police. Like, and 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 I mean, his brother's been in jail. So I'm like, I don't know why he has this strange loyalty to the police. It just seems odd. So I kind of thought like Phil already knew. So as I'm watching, I'm like, wait, I thought Phil already knew he was playing both. Like, because that's how the the storyline started. So it just felt fake. And like, Ben, Ben isn't going to give up. We knew Ben was going to marry him. So I'm like... All the ways they could have, you know, maybe thrown something legitimate at this couple. We're going back to thuggery, coppery, rawr, and we're going to break up. Like, it just felt fake to me. What did you think? You know? It was, it was a point, it was a pointless endeavor. And now that, you know, and now that, you know, they're married and everything, Phil's all like, I am not having that man living in my house. And he's like, well, fine then. I'm packing my shit and going. And I'm just like, I think that's the most manly I've ever seen Ben Mitchell run this dad. I, I, I mean, like, on purpose. He's like, I'm married now. If you don't like it, then we're leaving. I'm just like, shit. But, yeah, it's just like, no. I, I, I honestly, I had a feeling that they were going to go through with it because, you know, I saw that, the, like, every once in a while I see a commercial when I'm watching something or something along that line, and I saw the promo for the, is the wedding happening or not? And I'm like, oh, that wedding's happening. Give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> like, I never felt like there was any threat of that wedding not happening, um, which is fine. I actually think, y'all know what? I cannot stand Ben for the most part. He's been all right for the most of this past year. But, I mean, like, 
him and Callum were going to be together. So there was no need for all that fakery. It should have just been nothing but love and it, it was fine. So, you know, I like the wedding. Love Lexi intervening. Love Ben getting married yep. and his, hit his uh, overalls or whatever. I mean, I thought all that was great. Um, I thought the aftermath with Whitney coming through and <laughs> hitting God and, and everybody down, <laughs> was good, right? <laughs> but... I, the part that I was just like, no, it just the fake drama. Like I thought that drama was so fake, so unnecessary. Just focus on love and and and, and give them a real conflict. That was not a conflict. That was that was stupid. So yeah, I was I was over that aspect of the uh, Balam wedding. Um, but I'll go yeah. back and and jump to my scene of the week. I'll just do my first one here. I thought the wedding was great. I loved Ben and Callum coming together. I thought it was great that Ben got over the, you know, in the script foolishness to go ahead on the barriers. Man, yeah. um, this was my first time meeting uh, the grandmama, Granny Highway. That I woman is hilarious. Loved, I love Violet. Yes. Halfway. I love the shit out of her. She can stay for as long as she wants. She calls everybody by their full name and only calls them by their half names if she likes them or if she doesn't like them. She'll say, my name is Vi, but you can call me Violet. She calls Ben second Whitney. (laughs) (laughs) She's great. They script her so well. She is the most wonderful person that they've added on the show in such a long time. Yes. Even including Zach, which I kind of, you know, lovishly hate at the moment. There's kind of a love-hate relationship between me and Zach on the show. But it's just like, I love that I was going to mention her as a scene stealer of the week. Not so much a not so much a scene itself, but every time she's in a scene with somebody, she steals the show. So I'm I'm all for her staying on. Yeah, she's just telling the (laughs) truth. She is calling the spade a spade. Last year, my neighbor said we was getting the second coming. What did we get? COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I will not have a I will not have a lady of the night paying for my drinks for me. <laughs> you know <laughs> that was my favorite when Cat came in. I will not have a lady of the night paying for my drinks for me. <laughs> the priest walks like, up in there. Yeah. Where's your husband? Man? Where's your fiance, man? Vi, he's jilted at the altar. <laughs> I mean, she's a, I she's seriously, fabulous. I seriously love that woman so much, yes. and she can stay as long as she wants. Agreed. Unless she gets stupid, and I hope she doesn't, because it's like you knew for a fact Rainy did not want that woman staying there. She keeps calling her Lorraine, which <laughs> kills her spirit so much. <laughs> it's just like, well, you can tell Lorraine that I'll be staying a bit longer. And well, Stuart's face just went from okay, and then it just slowly dropped. <laughs> you guys need some real home-cooked food anyway. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, if Lorraine knew how to cook, Vi wouldn't be a threat, but hey, that's what you get, and I'm glad she's staying. <laughs> yep, I'm 100%, I'm 100% behind her staying as long as they don't make her stupid. No, agreed. If they make her stupid, then, then yeah, no. If they, if they pull a Vinny on her, I'm done. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, what other scenes of the week you got? Um, I, I, 
I, I know I'm going to get flack for this because I, I kind of agree with everybody in the storyline and how they think they should go about it. But I absolutely love that storyline where Patrick wants to do the uh, drug trial yeah. and nobody else wants him to do it. Mm-hmm. But everyone's like, or, uh, you know, Isaac is conflicted because it's his body. He should do what he wants with it. And, uh, and wifey there's like he's an 80 year old man who suffered two strokes and just had covid and all this that and the other thing he's not well enough for it he goes and steals his phone so he can't call the you know he can't call the clinic back he bitches that little nurse dude who comes in and says oh can't find a vein because he's black huh and it's just like oh come on don't don't be going like that but it's just like I, I, I love that entire storyline and, and I kinda hope and I kinda hope, you know, it keeps going, you know, where it's going because I kinda wanna see Patrick like overcome everybody and say, I'm getting this drug trial done whether you all want me to or not. It's mm-hmm. it's my choice, not any of yours. Yeah. And I mean he's already <laughs> I understand there. it's like I understand your input, but it's my decision, not yours. I mean he's already there. <laughs> His son agrees. Uh, his wife has come around to it. Um, this is one place where I think the show is playing race accurately. Where I was bitching earlier about how I didn't like the weird, oh, you white woman, you can't tell a black woman about not hating a child for being gay. Psh, whatever. I thought the way that they played, you know, the concerns about uh, vaccines and black folks and testing medications, I think that's totally valid. We all know about Tuskegee. We know people are concerned right now about uh, getting vaccines. I'm one of the only black folks I know that got a vaccine, right? Because that fear is real. And I also know people who did the clinical trials for the vaccines that many of us have access to now. So, like, I'm totally on Patrick's side with regards to this. I think that's awesome. I think it's cool to see a brother in that position, uh, you know, being, you know, in a position where he wants to help people. And I actually saw that storyline first. I think we had jumped ahead a couple of episodes. And so I missed, like, what he was testing for. And I initially thought he was in a COVID vaccine trial. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. No, it was a stroke. It was a stroke or a... Stroke, I think, a stroke vaccine trial. But either way, like that. That's fine. Uh, Black people are typically underrepresented in those types of studies, uh, anyway. So I think I thought it was cool that uh, they offered that. And yeah, you know, those types of actions do help. You know, the community broadly. Yes, there is a risk that that you know goes along with it. But I appreciated them showing you know his side of wanting to um, do that for the community. So I thought it was awesome. So yeah, I'm with you. Scene of the week and. And I'm Team Patrick on that one as well. I, I completely agree with yep. you on that. I'm going to jump to my scenes of the week. So first thing, I didn't even clock initially, but until something I think it was Martin said, I didn't even understand. Carmel has had both her sons murdered on that show. Yep. Shaquille is dead because of murder. Cush is dead because of murder. And then that you know, was the reason why, you know, it was given that, you know, Carmel wasn't bringing Cushy's body back to London because she just couldn't be back. And she was having her children, her child buried um, overseas. The scene of the week part of that is I think it's interesting that Keegan and Tiff's business is now in the market area 
where Cush's business used to be. Because mm-hmm. now we have Shaquille's best friend, Keegan, and Cush's best friend, Martin, working directly across from each other on the stall. So, and you even had that scene where Martin went over and kind of, um, you know, took I'll, over I'll for cover Keegan. For, I'll cover for you. Mm-hmm. I'll cover for you, just like old going, times. As he was he going said. to go and <laughs> seek, you know, look for Bailey, because that was when it first came out that Bailey had run away. So I just thought it was very clever of EastEnders to connect um, all those things together. And I'm interested in seeing if, you know, there's a friendship that develops between Keegan and Martin because I think that might be an interesting route to go. Um, I Agreed. also think Cat and Phil, I'm here for it. I think it's great. I, you yep. know, look, I liked Phil with Cheryl for a minute, but then I didn't think he was good enough for Cheryl, so I was glad she shot his ass and rolled out. <laughs> I never liked uh, Sharon and and Phil, they just never clicked nope. to me. Although Grant and Sharon, yes, sir. And oh, just, yeah. And it just made 100%. me think, what is she doing with Phil? That ain't no. So next. But Cat and Phil, that was unexpected. I had never thought about those two as a couple. and very, and very, very good, too. Because you actually tell that he cares for her. Right. Or else he wouldn't so. have, you know, hopped in the, he wouldn't have hopped in the ambulance. He wouldn't be following her around like a sick puppy. I think yes. it's actually one of the cutest things I've seen in a while besides Darren and Karat. <laughs> and I liked Kat. I thought Kat had chemistry with uh, with Kush as well. And I was kind of shocked by that because I love Kush with Denise so much. Um, but I think Kat has chemistry with just about every damn body except Michael Moon <laughs> in the same way that Kush, Kush has uh, chemistry with everybody. He's good with Whitney. He's good with Denise. He's good with Martin. He's good with <laughs> He's good with Kat. Yeah, he's good, he's good with, with Martin. Stacey. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Kat and Phil, they got something. Always love Phil. Always love Kat. That pairing together, great. Kat and Alfie, Alfie always got on my goddamn nerves. I, I never liked that, especially after Alfie took up with uh, Roxy and then Cat came back and then it was weird. <laughs> but Cat and Phil, I think there is some long-term possibility with that couple, so I cannot wait to see where that go. Although I want her to slap Ben in the mouth if he tries to act like he better than her one more goddamn time because I'm sick of that shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sick to death of that. Um, also, I like... Um, we're going a little back in time to Mick uh, making the decision to go to the police and report that trash woman for um, his sexual assault. Um, I was a little annoyed with Frankie for a bit because she was not supportive of that initially. But at the end of the day, both Frankie and Linda supporting Mick as he revealed the truth of the police. Like I thought that was fantastic you know i feel like eastenders has done so well with that storyline the incorporation of frankie into the family has been awesome and i he Mm -hmm. we needed to see you know both him frankie and linda all on the same page of supporting him as he went through that so i thought that that was fantastic as was the return of Nancy, who pops Nancy! back in while, you know, we're having some kind of little welcome party for Frankie. And I just feel like every moment of her front turn has been fantastic. She's back to the seizure. She's going at it with Linda because she wants to have her tubes tied. Linda wants her to understand the joy of parenting, even though she's got the seizures. Linda wants her to have that. Just like she does not understand what it feels like to be a mother. And I do not want her to miss that. 
that. You know, I think that's powerful. Fun in the oven. Uh, that's, that's, just, that's just so good. I like Nancy and Zach. I like Zach. I think Zach is fantastic. I love how he connects with Sharon. I love how he connects with Nancy. I told my girl offline, you know, Nancy and Tamar were fine. Like, I never really liked her with yeah, Tamar like, too much. There were, yeah, no, there there, there was just something not right. It's like they were together five years. She said they were getting a divorce. And they were friends. Everyone was just like, we didn't know nothing about them. Why don't we know anything? Yeah. And I'm just like, because they didn't want you to know. If they wanted you to know, they would have said, hey, dude, we're getting a divorce. He wants kids. I don't, because that was basically what the gist behind it was. I mean, I just mean the whole time they were on the show together, they just seemed like more friends than romantic partners. So... I mm-hmm. think that her and Zach have a chemistry, so I'm interested in seeing where that goes. Yeah, it's like there's there's definitely something there, but I think it, if she keeps pushing her or pushing him away, he's just gonna keep going farther and farther in until she finally, you know, takes the hook. And I think she's gonna do it, well, yeah. but it's gonna be it's gonna be a long con. I think. I don't know like, if it's gonna be a long time, him... but the the thing about it is that. It's the Sharon connection. Linda and Sharon are going at it. Zach and Sharon's brother. Linda is beefing with Sharon and Nancy. Where does Nancy go when she needs a place to stay? Sharon's. What does that mean? We get Linda going to Sharon's house and speaking to Sharon, supporting her, you know, child's decision to stay at Sharon's. And Sharon's like, listen, I'm going to take care of your daughter. So what's the the seed happening? Linda and Sharon have one of the best friendships on that show for obvious reasons. They are beefing right now. But if this is the start of them rebuilding that friendship, especially if we're going to get a Zach and Nancy romance out of it, which is just going to bring both families closer, I'm here for it. I like EastEnders building up and nurturing those long long-term friendships and there needs to be something to rekindle that connection between those two women and Zach and Nancy may be it and of course you know if Nancy ends up pregnant with Zach's baby here we go so I'm here for that I love that (laughs) I think it is absolutely great it's Uh, like I don't I don't think I don't think that'll happen but (laughs) but if it's like a shock pregnancy I'd be for it but with the how much she does not want kids right now, I doubt that'll happen. We'll see what happens. Um, something I was happy to see happen was Billy punching Jay straight up in the mouth. I could watch Billy deck Jay 50 times because it's stupid and I can't put it. <laughs> it's absolute garbage. What was not garbage, though, was cute little Lily, Stacy's daughter, her little cute self, manipulating her way right under Ruby's roof. Because, <laughs> see, Ruby thought she was slick. She done told that goddamn lie about Stacy pushing her. She has the footage that shows Stacy did not push her. She hid that goddamn footage from the cops. And what happened? Stacy got sent to jail, of course, to have her baby we know in real life. But, you know, she got sent to jail. And so Ruby's just thinking, I'm home free. That happens out my hair. I'm really pregnant now. You know, I can, I can, uh, you know, get my, ma- well, she was really pregnant. <laughs> That's going she on. was at the time. She was really pregnant. <laughs> and you're like, life is going to be great and wonderful. And Lily's like, you know what? 
I'm going to get this heifer. So she, you know, tells Jean, hey, Jean, yeah, it's good. Mommy wanted, was talking to us about having a tea, so go to the store and get us some items so we can make a tea. And then on a cool, she moves all the little kids out and goes to dad like, Daddy, I miss Mommy. We need to stay with you. I mean, Mommy's gone. And Martin's little heart is all soft, just like... Martin's bad puppy face wins again. <laughs> and so Ruby's like, yeah, okay, it's it's fine. Everyone can stay. And then Martin walks in the house with some of the kids, and then Ruby's sitting out there with Lily, who just turns around and goes, bet you didn't see that coming. I'll say, get it, bitch. <laughs> get it. Yep. She is trying then, to ruin this half yeah, life. I love it. She's, she's, she's yes. I, I mean, I didn't like, little Lily before the Sora thing happened, but now that Stacy's gone and she's pissed off, I like the vindictive 11 or 10 year old look. She's great. <laughs> I like the other Lily too. She was a little cute little girl. She was nice and sweet. This one they cast to be just like Stacy, and I'm here for it. The girl is fabulous in the role and this little story is showing like her range because then what happens the next day uh, she blasts the music in the house to piss Ruby off. Martin is called down and acts like he's mad with him but then it's like now nah, let's go on and get our dance party. We're out. gonna sing. We're gonna sing "Mamma Mia" by ABBA because it's her favorite movie. <laughs> Mamma you Mia, know. here we go again. And then, <laughs> old girl cuts up. <laughs> Ruby's mama's wedding dress and you know Ruby goes ballistic and Lily acts all apologetic and so Ruby thinks shit is cool Martin thinks shit is cool and then those motherfuckers leave the room and the camera's just on Lily and she goes and she makes a little evil face I said that's right you get because Ruby's wrong Ruby is wrong she has her girl in prison for some shit she knows that that woman did not do now she's gone too far with her revenge I'm done with it so I'm here for every moment of Ruby's life being destroyed because she got J- Stacy in jail for no reason. That's unacceptable. So, yeah. She stole <laughs> Martin from Stacy. <laughs> she you know, stole her dad from Stacy. That's that's what she thinks. That's what I'm convinced she thinks is that hey, Martin's our dad. You stole him from our mom. Get out of my life. You well, know? no, she doesn't believe <laughs> she doesn't believe that Stacy uh, pushed her, and she's right. So I think it's totally justified. Now. I will say, Stacy lost Martin on her own because they decided to have her leave town, not tell nobody. Stacy popped back up with that brother, right? And then, you know, she... For three seconds, yeah. So, sorry about it. So, I'm not mad at that. But I feel like Ruby has had more than enough revenge against Stacy. Enough. And she has, this the whole jail thing, she's, she's gone too far, you know. I was with her getting Stacy back for stealing her money. Fine. Um, I'm with her for, you know, I can understand her jealousy because, you know, um, you know, Stacy got kids with him. She was having a hard time having kids. Stacy kissed him for, totally justified. You put send that woman to jail with all them kids, knowing she ain't push you. Nah, sis, you get what you get. So I can't wait for that vengeance to come around, because it's coming, and I'm going to be here for it. <laughs> so with that, I will say that I'm at Brother Soap. And I'm at Lindsay Amanda. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, if you like Hobie City, keep listening because we're going to keep talking. And if you don't, uh, we'll say bye till next time. See y'all later. Bye till next week. Let's keep this conversation going and talk 
Holby City, what's the hells? What did Holby City to do to make you say, what the hell, Louie? Oh, <laughs> uh, there. I mean, like, uh, I have to say that I hated the entire storyline having to do with Hanson and uh, Rayan and uh, the hero. I, I mean, I liked it because it gave, like, juicy story to Hanson for later episodes. But at the same time, it kicked off like, girl. <laughs> I loved Sahira. I've been watching like early episodes where she just showed up and was, you know, fighting Jack and stuff, but that's besides the point. But uh, it's like, I love this woman and what she did to save her son from going to jail just killed my spirit. It was like her son went and her son went and killed his granddad because he was, he was a gross old man. And, <laughs> And, and I mean, like, it's a, it's a good what the hell. I have a lot of good what the hells, and, you know, it, it, it's hard to pick bad things that happened on here that really made me irritated. But that, that, that storyline where you learn, like, in the episode that you learn that uh, her dad was molesting uh, her son, too, and that he was the one that killed him was the... Uh, was my biggest one that was just like, ah, oh, and now she's gone. <laughs> and, I mean, and he's gone too. <laughs> a minute ago you said it was hard for you to pick out like the stupid. I'll go, listen, I think this is true to life, but I think it's still annoying as hell. When your husband and your best friend and the mother of an individual that was sexually molested, all come together to tell you your daddy is a pedophile. Something needs to goddamn yep. quit. Like, it should not have taken her own child. It shouldn't child. have taken a month. Yeah, it shouldn't have her taken own her kid. own child saying the words, her husband suspected that their child was being sexually abused by her father. And her response is, let's divorce, Right. That's that nonsense. That's nonsense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, and that, that allowed it to continue. But I think that's true to life because no one wants to think that their parent is a goddamn pedophile. So I think that her reaction, you know, if you think about the emotional connections to parent, between parent and child and how yeah, mentally... Yeah, because she was... You, you wouldn't want yeah, to deal with that. Yeah, she was definitely a daddy. She was definitely a daddy's girl. So it was it was tough to hear that, you know, everybody around her was right. <laughs> and you know especially because that left her own child in harm's way you know that sick that was that scene was sickening where the poor kid is like saying he wants to leave his parents and move in with this asshole who don't want to be touched because he don't want anybody to, in the hospital to clock that he's really you know a pedophile i mean it was just heartbreaking and so you know, yeah and, and and yeah no i i get that and yeah. it was like really hard to say he taught me chess and then you hear hands and say well he taught me the greek philosophers mm. and told me that i was and told me that i was his I was his special, special boy, boy. Mm. and and I was just like, oh my god, don't hurt me like this, yeah. don't know, <laughs> because truth be told, 
not many people enjoy Hanson, but he has become one of my favorite characters of the entire show because they keep building and it's like they keep building up little stories that give him more character on and on as you go along. And it's just like, I absolutely enjoy everything about the man, how, you know, strict he is. He has moments of joke telling. On one old episode, I watched him walking around wearing pink crocs around. I was just like, dude, (laughs) I love this guy. (laughs) Yeah, I like Hanson. In the two years that I've watched him, I thought he was uh, excellent. I kind of understood when I started watching the show 2019, he was the head of the hospital right before Max went ahead and took over. So I understood his kind of uptight way because, hey, you got a business to run. You got to do what to do. Understood. Um, I think there was a story where he had to take care of the little kid. I can't remember if that was his granddaughter, grandson or whatever, but I thought that he was really compassionate. Yeah, little Oscar. Story. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought that was really an awesome, awesome storyline that softened him. And yeah, this, he's, he's, yeah. This, this stuff, I was just like, yeah. oh my god, he's an excellent actor. This is, he is very excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy him muchly, but yeah, it's just like, and then, and well, I'll keep that for my scenes a little week, but we'll, yeah. we'll go there later yeah, no problem. Um, yeah he, but he, he was great so yeah i this this pedophile story there was definitely significant uh what the hells i will circle in since we're talking about it and say the downfall is part of my uh scene of the week because he needed to go 100 percent to go um i clocked that she that that sahira was gonna take the fall for her son why did I clock that? Let's go back to my what the hell. Because Hobie City is doing this annoying thing where they're just repeating the same goddamn storyline. So not Hashtag two weeks, Well, no, like not <laughs> two weeks before, we saw Max being ousted from the hospital because her oh, trans yeah. son, Louie, decided that the best way to support the person who stabbed him, right, uh, to pay repay some debt that related to taking money, I think related to a surgery or something like that. Yeah, she for, was she was blackmailing him. Is for Louis to steal supplies from the hospital to get money to help his stabby friend, and then what is the outcome of this? He tells Max what he did, so Max takes the fall for him. And now she's not the head of the hospital anymore. So like inside of about no, now a, a Henrik month. No, now again. But <laughs> so now inside of about a month on Hobie City, we've got two mothers, Max and Zahira, taking the fall for BS their children, Louis and Abs, did. Now they are out of the hospital. Why are we repeating that storyline so doggone close to what? Just for what? No, for what reason? Abs is more understandable. Why is Louis still, like, working at the hospital as a nurse? He should have so much guilt for what he put his mom through. But now he just, you know, half-ass striking like a nurse, like it ain't nothing. Like, no. So, what the hell <laughs> to both of those <laughs> No, I, I, I get that 100%. It's just like, why, why would it, it's just like, yeah, no, I get that 100%. Um, 
my other or one of my other ones is one of the or one of the earlier episodes that we watched. I think it was three weeks ago. Uh, Louie and Max's or Max's mom was in there. She had cancer and she died within the same episode or an episode later or something like that. And she was and she was so like, why didn't you tell her? And and now uh, they're going through and, you know, uh, potentially giving Max the same cancer. Based on the emails you saw before she, before she, you know, was kicked out, essentially. She got an email saying you have a 95% chance of having this potentially threatening cancer uh, come see us for an appointment. Yeah, you know, so I can I can shed a little bit of light on that because you know my previous job was you know doing cancer information. Yep. So one of the genes that you can get as a woman is called the BRCA gene. If you have the BRCA gene, that means that you have an increased uh, chance of getting uh, breast cancer. So what some women will do when they find out they have the BRCA gene is they may remove they have their breasts removed before getting a diagnosis uh, to try to prevent themselves from having to get cancer later so if you know you found out someone in your family has BRCA you have to decide as a woman if you are going to you know just you know continue uh, regular screenings so you could uh, you know get your mammograms get your breast health screenings so that you can get it caught early if it happens or some because they're so concerned about getting it they'll just go ahead and have you know uh, you know breast reconstructive surgery have their breast tissue removed because they're scared about the possibility of having cancer so that's where they're at so I think in the story Max definitely has the gene I think Louis I don't remember if they said that Louis does not uh, but because you know Louis I don't I don't remember if Louis got tested or not I know yeah. that Max did but I know that Louie didn't or yeah, but, maybe didn't I don't remember yeah. right offhand so because Louie transitioned I, th I think that the BRCA Im impacts women more significantly than men I think it is still a possibility for guys to get it because there's male breast cancer so you can get that oh but yeah I, but I think that women have a, a higher chance of getting the breast cancer if their mom first or first degree relative has that particular gene. So I can't remember what they said happened to Louis. I think they said Louis doesn't have it, but Max does. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that um, plays out. But yeah, with that, that the woman that played the mom for her was excellent. Like it was excellent. No kidding. Uh, and yeah, the death was shady and uh, it, was, uh, it, was just, it was just so much going on. Uh, I wish she was still yeah, on the show. Yeah, it's like I, I, I... I, I want you to do the DNR, or I want, quote-unquote, Lily to do the DNR for me, yeah. do up the paperwork for the DNR for me, and don't tell your mom. Yeah, that was unacceptable. <laughs> I'm like, like I felt, that's not okay. Yeah, you should have told your mom. <laughs> that's, that's your grandmother. You should have told your mom. Like, even if it would have pissed grandma off, that's a conversation that needs to be made as a family. I don't give a damn if it's somebody's last wish. Um, you know, so... To go from that storyline to then Louis stealing all that stuff and letting his mom take the downfall, I was just like, sis, no. <laughs> like, or bro, no. So, I mean, yeah. Just like, dude, I'm out. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so I'm kind of annoyed with him right about now. Because <laughs> I like Max, so. And, you know, she you yeah. know, used up her own money to keep that hospital afloat. So she needs some damn respect and her son ain't showing none, in my opinion. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yes. And my last one, mm -hmm. and I think this is more of a funny what the hell than anything, is Flash is, Flash is the CEO of Hobie Hospital. 
<laughs> I thought that was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. The poor guy was so screwed. He didn't know what he was getting himself into when he was, when, uh, they were like, oh, we're just going to give you the job for a short amount of time before we automatically give the job back to Henrik. But <laughs> it's just like, I love Fletch. I think Fletch is one of the best characters on the show, too, and they just don't give him enough credit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I like Fletch as well. I like Fletch and Ange. Um, their breakup is still a little strange to me, but, you know, it's, Yeah, it's it, was a little, it was a little hard for me, yeah. So I watched that episode today. Fletch thought as the CEO of a hospital, he was going to have two emails. He had 234 emails in his inbox. Um, And I will say one area where Fletch was on point was noting that there was some foolishness going on with the death of Shahira's father and that there was some foolishness going on with... Uh, my what the hell, my other, my last what the hell, which is uh, that intervention for Dom. Yeah. <laughs> because Fletch was so on it, and he was he was starting to get to the bottom of there's something shady that happened with this death, that pushed Henrik to hurry up and go ahead and take that uh, you know CEO job because he's trying to access the death report so he can kind of cover up what he can cover up, <laughs> you know. But Fletch yeah, had already moved much. forward yeah. and did what he had had to do to you know you know let the truth come out. So I thought the way that that all came together was uh, was excellent. And I actually they only let him be CEO for one episode. I actually wish it might have gone a little bit longer. Uh, yeah, that was that was a very interesting interesting call. Um, let me circle on back. Let me elaborate on my what the hell, which I've written down. Dom forcing the stoma reversal issue. So huh. uh, I'm gonna go ahead and let this be my final word because. Part of my scene of the week is here, and I will just clock that now. I wrote in my notes, uh, Angie and the Chocolate Intern trying to play off, uh, what's his name, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I like Angie Mm -hmm. and Josh together. I think it's cute. I thought it was interesting how Josh was really concerned about Angie's Angie's well-being, and then that morphed into, kind of shocking to me, her actually being interested in it. I was like, what? Uh, and why am I mentioning this with regards to this uh, stoma reversal mess? Because Dom has a genuine concern. He's concerned that, like, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult for him to connect with another guy because he's got this stoma. Granted. But because he's gotten in his head that the only thing he can have in his life in order to be happy is the stone reversal. He is threatening to out his mother's relationship with this intern. He's putting all the guilt on her abandoning him uh, as a child. He's putting all the guilt on uh, Sasha's girlfriend, putting him in this position to get them all to jeopardize, you know, their jobs to have them reverse a stoma when they know it's dangerous, when he knows it's dangerous, when they the interns that are you know roped into assisting know this is dangerous, and they do when all the this. When the hospital in Germany told them that it was dangerous. And we're doing all this for what eventual outcome? For the stoma to need to be put back because he did the shit too soon. I'm just like, 
waste of time. Dom met that kick-ass patient that had her own stoma, talked to him about naming a stoma, invited him to the support group. I thought that's where we were going with this storyline. But no, Dom is hard-headed, single-minded, and, you know, it's not enough that he just got his big-ass settlement from the hospital so he has enough money to pay his bills for life. No, he can't be happy with the challenges that he has, the, the little bit of success that he has. He has to be ridiculous. And now, what are we going to see in the next couple months? Him whining more because, oh, God, now I got this stoma again, and I tried to get all y'all jobs screwed up over this stoma that now it's back again. So I just felt like total waste of time. Love the actor that plays him. Think he's cute as hell. Think he's playing, you know, his frustrations about having a stoma. Great. But goddammit, when you're jeopardizing everybody's lives and happiness and threatening people to get a medical procedure that you know is not safe, you need some counseling. And I need him to get it because he's getting on my nerve. <laughs> yep, I agree. <laughs> yes. That's all from me. Hit us with your scenes of the week, Miss Lady. I gotta say, now that we're talking about Dom, there was an episode recently where there was a pair who were trying to get pregnant, and he actually did an anonymous donation to this pair who wants to have a baby to their bank account so they can try to have another one, just because, you know, he was, you know, that was before, you know, his my operation decided to start hurting so bad that he passes out in a flipping closet. But it was just like he was so happy to, you know, help him out and, you know, pass along some money. There was a little bit of smiling there for the first time in a while that was actually genuine and not fake. Oh, look at me. I'm suave and I have 500 or, you know, a shit ton of money from the hospital that, you know, give away to wards and stuff. And it was like, I was, I was kind of proud of him there for a second. And then That's he nice. just went straight back to, you know, how he was before. Yeah, but it was good. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, it, I like storylines with my I gays. I thought it and, was cute. I like my storylines <laughs> with my gays and lesbians are nice to each other. So what what would happen? Uh, you know that lesbian couple. That was a the lesbian couple. They said one of the nurses was one of the women was a nurse at the hospital. She worked in Pete's and she was pregnant. You know as far as she knew, uh, but then the pregnancy test came back and I think they said something like ectopic pregnancy. I'm reading from Doctor Google. <laughs> it's when a fertilized egg grows outside a woman's uterus somewhere else in her belly. Mm -hmm. Um, It can cause life-threatening bleeding and needs medical care right away. Uh, In 90% of cases, the egg implants in a fallopian tube. And so with those pregnancies looking like the egg cannot survive outside the uterus. So that's why. So they were happy because, the, you know, they had taken pregnancy tests and it was shown that and it was, she was pregnant. And she was pregnant. Right. But <laughs> the baby was in a place where it couldn't survive. You know, if that baby had grown, it would have died. So because of that, you know, they were going to need to, you know, try again. And Dom's, you know, um, contribution help with that so yeah that was awesome that was awesome it was and it was sweet and i thought everybody acted in that 
uh, acting in that did a great job. Uh, yeah, so yeah, totally agree. It was nice, and yeah, it was stupid to see him in the closet after that, but yeah, it was it was a nice moment. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a nice, happy Dom moment. Back, yes. back when you saw Dom in happier times, back when, you know, like, Essie was still alive, and he still had his best friend there with him, so, you know, hang out with and stuff yes. and, and now it's just like he's mad and booty all the time yes he is very brendan brady <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of putting it too. <laughs> uh, and back to the ghost train <laughs> and back to the ghost train <laughs> Tune in next week when we're talking about the next episode of Hobie City. Uh, we're going to be doing it uh, once a week after every show. And, once a uh, week-ish. <laughs> yeah, ish. If we, can, if we can get to it, it might be one to two weeks, depending on how busy we are or how dead we are inside after our work week. <laughs> Um, but oh, we're, so we're gonna try to we're gonna try to get a new show out at least once every two weeks, or at least try, or you know, once every week, every two weeks, we're gonna try to get more content out. So uh, keep an eye out for you know this little after show at the end of every episode. And you guys have a good rest of your week, and we'll keep in touch with you to let you know what's going on. Yes. Bye, Bye y'all. Bye, y'all. Keep your mask on. Don't believe these fools. They ain't got that coronavirus under control. Keep the mask on. <laughs> you are making it larger than it needs to be. I want our listeners to stay alive, okay? <laughs>